Hi everyone, welcome to the Overeaters Anonymous Special Focus Recovery from Relapse Meeting. Today is Tuesday, the 14th of March, 2023. Today, we are delighted to have Phil B with us. Phil came to OA in 2014. She originates from Shrewsbury and now lives in Hereford. And I'm looking forward to hearing her share with us today. Phil, it is over to you. Thank you very much, Leah, and thank you all for being here. Um, it's, a, it's a great honour to be asked to come and share. My name's Phil. I am a compulsive overeater from my front through to my core and out the other side. Uh, I am, without doubt, a compulsive overeater. Uh, it's lovely to see so many people in the meeting, and in some ways that sort of scares me a bit but uh, I'm here and I will share my story with you. But before I start, I'd like to say congratulations to Laura. Wow, terrific, brilliant, uh, really 45 years, did you say? Fantastic. Um, I feel really you should be here, not me. Uh, <laughs> anyway, as you heard, I came to OA in, um, January 2014, well, I lasted about two meetings. And then I thought, oh, flip, I'm not a, an addict and I don't want to take responsibility for myself. And oh, oh, blimey, I don't want to put down my food. So off I wandered. Um, and I finally came back to OA in March. 2015 and that intervening period was utter hell anyway I'm going to come back to that bit because I'd like to go back a few decades I didn't come into OA until I was um, 63 so uh, when I say a few decades I mean a few decades uh, I uh, was born not a million miles from Hereford, believe it or not, but I have been around the UK a wee bit. Uh, for those of you that live in the UK, you'll know where they are. Uh, I was born into a family of four children. My mum and dad were both doctors. Uh, it was, for me, not a happy childhood. Uh, my dad was a very angry man. Um, a very rigid man, and I was utterly terrified of him. Uh, he was physically abusive towards me. Uh, and um, I think from him came anger right through the family. Uh, my mum uh, was incredibly bright, but emotionally uh, terribly shut down. And, you know, looking back on their histories, I can see where all this comes from. Uh, I was basically brought up by my two sisters, uh, one who's nine years older than me and the other seven and a half years older than me. Uh, and at that time, I had a brother who was about three years older than me. And he was basically my friend in the family until he started sexually abusing me at the age of seven. And that went on till I was um, 19. And 
he also included one of his friends in that. Uh, so basically, I didn't have a hell of a lot of love in my life. And uh, I withdrew into a fantasy world. I also found love in eating. And um, I was able to numb my pain. Uh, I was um, sworn to secrecy by my brother. If I showed any emotional impact from what he was doing to me, I was uh, told it was going to be a hell of a lot worse. How I managed it to this moment, I do not know. I did. And I, all the memories of that, I mean, it was so overpowering, that sense of secrecy that it was only when he committed suicide did my memories come back and I was a married lady at those that time. Um, I always knew the sexual act for me personally didn't feel right. There was something about it that I just couldn't cope with. Uh, and I'm not saying these things to upset you. It is just purely my story. Um, but if, you know, if I'm upsetting you, then I do apologize. Um, uh, and the thing in with my marriage was that I actually repeated the pattern without realizing it. Um, I thought that my, he's now my ex-husband, um, I thought he had a sense of adventure. Um, I thought he sort of kicked, kicked the traces of um, my family rigidity. And I thought that life would be better with him. And having gone through the steps, I realized that I used him as my ticket to get out of my family. Uh, that's a pretty difficult admission to make. Um, and uh, he fitted the bill. He came from a professional family. He was a doctor, etc., etc. ad nauseam. Um, you know, slipped into old, old patterns, basically. Um, I've been longer divorced than I was married. I have two daughters who um, all the, are the light of my life, one who's in my life very much. Uh, and I have three beautiful granddaughters and a super son-in-law who I tease unmercifully and he teases me, but he's got a wonderful chest to cry into, a great big bear of a guy and wonderful and loving and caring. And I'm a very lucky lady to have him in my life. My other daughter, unfortunately, I am estranged too. And um, part of the process of my living amends is to make myself ready and able to speak to her with serenity. I haven't quite got there yet as, um, God pointed out to me the other day. Maybe if I have time, I'll come back to that bit. Uh, anyhow, as I've said, uh, food was my go-to as well as alcohol. 
I am also in Alcoholics Anonymous and I am also in Adult Children of Dysfunctional Families, Alcoholics and Dysfunctional Families. Um, all three have given me various parts of my jigsaw puzzle to work, um, work the steps. I've worked the steps in all of them. Uh, I find each meeting very difficult, though I do get confused sometimes as to whether I'm an overeater, an alcoholic, or an adult child. And sometimes I do get it wrong, um, which usually causes a bit of a laughter, um, which is fine by me. That's the other thing I've learned to do in this fellowship is A, laugh, and B, laugh at myself. And I never, ever laugh at somebody. I always laugh with them. And that's been my experience in this fellowship. People never laugh at me. People laugh with me. And that is a big change and it's lovely. It really is. It's that acceptance of me as an individual, but with the empathy that comes with this killer disease. Um, I have... Um, used food all my life right from the very beginning and uh, like I suspect the majority of us in this meeting I have stolen food I stole money from people including my children from their money boxes um, I have stolen from shops I've stolen from um, the school tuck box by various means. Um, you see, I'm a lying, cheating, thieving bitch, really, when it comes down to it. Uh, I have eaten food raw. I have eaten food half cooked. I have eaten it off the floor. I've eaten it out of the kitchen rubbish bin. I've eaten it out of the dustbin. I've eaten it half frozen. I've eaten it frozen. You see, food was my God, pure and simple. No two ways about it. So, you know, my baggage, it got worse. I had periods when I could control it a little bit. And at first it worked. And then I'd go back to it. And I'd become a bit more dependent. And then I'd... Um, have another bit possibly off, and then it would always get worse. Always, 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 always got worse until it absolutely ruled my life. Morning, noon, and night. And when I came to OA, I had been within the psychiatric services here for um, ooh, getting on for 10 years that had uh, included psychiatrists, psychotherapists, uh, admissions to psychiatric hospitals, two um, courses of electroconvulsive therapy, severe anxiety and depression. Uh, and 
one of the uh, support workers within that service said, when I flagged up about my uh, eating, she said, oh, Phil, it's just comfort eating. Well, that was the green flag for me. <laughs> I just went for it big time. And um, it got worse and worse and worse. And uh, another lady from that service gave me a scrappy piece of paper with OA.com written on it. And oh, that scrappy piece of paper just, and I kept on turning it up every now and then. And I'd say, oh, I don't want anything to do with that. Um, so I didn't have anything to do with it. And um, life really was pretty dire until I was getting, um, I was unable to walk up my bed, uh, my um, the stairs in my house without becoming breathless. I couldn't walk up a slight incline without becoming breathless. My clothes size was, oh, blimey, O'Reilly. It was um, about 28 uh, UK size. I'm the clue about the American size, I'm afraid. And I'm going to quote British uh, weights now, and I did mean to work them out. If somebody's clever, maybe you could do it for me. Um, I weighed well over 16 stone when I came into OA. I never weighed myself initially, so I've got no start weight. Um, but it was huge. And before I, that was when I originally came, finally came back. But between my time of coming for the first time and that intervening period. Um, I cannot tell you what it was like. It was utterly horrendous. I would go to a supermarket three and four times a day to get more food. And unfortunately, I live next to a very small, well, very close to a very uh, a small supermarket. And there's a guy that works just on a Saturday morning. He's still working there. And uh, he used to see me with my basket full of biscuits and ice cream and meringue nests and double cream. And every week, and he'd say, oh, you've come for your fix, have you? And you know, I couldn't care less. I just say, oh yeah, and wander off. I didn't care about going back to the same shop. I didn't have to go far. And that was all that I bothered about. I mean, forget the shame bit of it. That didn't even go into my little head. That's 15 uh, minutes. Thank you very much. Um, so I didn't care less. I was beyond the point of caring. I just had to have my drug of choice. Um, boy, oh boy, did I go for it. I got into severe financial um, problems through my eating and my drinking. And I was desperately unhappy. I was pre-diabetic. I damaged my kidneys because I had a sore hip. 
and I was taking so much of uh, non-steroidal um, anti-inflammatory drug. And uh, I consider that was my real relapse, that period of time. And it was awful. And I'd just like to read something from for today, um, which I, I, I loved. Um, so it's from January the 13th, so it's page 13. Many strokes overthrow the tallest oaks, John Lally. If I slip, I will try again. Practice makes perfect. And I expect to practice abstinence until I get it. What is the alternative? It's an encouraging sign to, be, to give myself a chance to go back and do things differently without judgment or self-condemnation. For example, did I really hear and act upon program suggestions and slogans such as half measures availed us nothing, willing to go to any lengths, keep it simple, one day at a time, whether I'm struggling with abstinence or personality defects, those are words which I can, on, on which I can rely. For today, I will not waste time blaming myself, but instead, try again. And uh, when I came back to OA, I met the contact lady in Hereford. And she didn't recognize me. I put on so much weight. So I came back to OA and those slogans used to drive me nuts. Absolutely crackers. Every time people said them, I could have wrung their necks for them quite happily. Um, and, but now I'm beginning to see, finally, I'm a bit slow on the uptake, you have to excuse me. But once I get there and it gets in here, uh, I'm all right. Um, and I got myself a sponsor. She had what I wanted. And believe it or not, she still has what I want. But she's a few years down the line from me. So I think I'll always be playing catch up. Uh, but we worked through the steps together. I came in with no color in my life. Everything was black. I was barely existing. Life was sheer hell. Utter hell. So I was asked to go through my kitchen cupboards, throw out. Uh, first of all, I had to say what my trigger foods were. And for me, they are refined sugar, white flour, and funnily enough, dry durum wheat. So dried pasta is a no-no for me. I can eat fresh pasta. I can eat things like honey and maple syrup within reason. Um, dairy fat, so cheese, butter, um, cream. Don't put me anywhere near them and I'll be off like a rocket. Um, and also, God, I've forgotten one, white flour. How can I forget them? Ah, oh, that's it, I think. Uh, if it comes back to me. It's been so long since I've eaten them that really, it, it <laughs> uh, I don't worry about them now. And that's the, that's the joy. 
that really is the joy. Um, so go through your go through your kitchen cupboards, Phil. So <laughs> do I really have to do that? <laughs> she said, yeah. Oh, all right. So there I got my black bin bag and most of the cupboard came out and into the bin. And then I found that I was drinking a heck of a lot of caffeine. So she said, all right, can you cut it down? And now I only drink caffeine in the morning because I need a kickstart. I have three cups of tea and that's my limit for the day. Um, I also cook most of my food, in fact, all my food from fresh. Uh, I, if I have ready meals in the freezer, they are cooked by me. I make, I cook batch, batch amounts. I might have a roast joint and then I will use some for sandwiches. I will use some for uh, a cold meal with salad and some potatoes. And I will then chop up the rest with lots of fresh vegetables, tomatoes, make it a really lovely, um, lovely ready meal. And that'll all get, be portioned up, weighed, and go into the freezer. Uh, I do weigh and measure mainly my carbohydrates. I have a special pot for steaming my vegetables in, so I know I'm getting vaguely the same amount. Uh, I have three different breakfasts that I alternate so I don't get bored. Uh, I don't have a wide variety of meals that I eat, but I'm happy with what I eat. I eat quite a lot of fruit um, and I, for the time being, one day at a time, one meal at a time, five minutes at a time sometimes, I have lost half my body weight. And for that, I now can run, I can swim in the sea, I can have fun with my grandchildren, chase them about. Um, it's good. I worked the steps very diligently. Uh, I came out with a heck of a lot of stuff. And for me, it is very much a physical, emotional and spiritual program. And I've not, I had one relapse um, within, I, I've, as I say, I came in um, eight years ago, two days ago, and I have had seven years of abstinence. And that is an unmitigated miracle. I didn't think it was possible to have one day, one meal. I eat three meals a day. I don't snack in between. I thought I was going to die when my sponsor told me that one. In fact, I said to her, I'm going to die. And she said, no, you're not. You'll be fine. So I said, I will die and you'll be in court. Uh-uh, she said, I'm not going to court. And she was right. So it's a bit of a pain in the neck sometimes because she's usually right. It's me that doubts. But I do what she says and it works. Um, sometimes. Um, and when I don't, I, it all goes pear-shaped. So I, I try and behave myself these days. Um, but I'm a very, very 
very wriggly worm. And if I can look for the easier, softer way, oh boy, Phil's right up there looking for it. Um, as I say, I've worked the steps and they helped me to look at a lot of my problems. They helped me to look at what was my problem and what I was blaming other people for. And every time I do that to somebody, unfortunately, there's three coming back at me. And that is my work to work out what's going on with those three fingers. Because there will be something there. And usually all three fingers are full of it. So there's a lot of work. And I will try and run away from that work. However, uh, a great prime minister of the UK was Winston Churchill. And he said, fear is a reaction. Courage is a decision. And for me, fear runs straight through me all the time. But when I have the courage to go into myself, then I can work out that life doesn't have to sabotage me, that I can work this out. Five minutes. Thank you. I came into OA with, you know, one of these placards over me saying I was sexually abused. And through people in this wonderful fellowship, I've been able to work through that. I have compassion for my brother these days, but also I found people that have had the same experience. And one of them very early on said to me, one day, Phil, you won't be ashamed of that. And I thought she was mad. However, she was dead right. And that is what has enabled me to speak openly about it in a meeting of 74 people. And that is a miracle, and that is the miracle of OA, and these amazing steps. Um, and, you know, I make my mistakes. I am not a mistake. For me, mistakes, errors, whatever you like to call them, are opportunities to learn and to change. I like to say to my sponsees, this program is like being your own detective. You know, it, it's a, it's an, and when I say work, we work the steps and the tools are there to help us. Uh, by work, I don't mean it's drudgery. It's sort of an adventure into self. And I like to look at it that way. I like to look at the positives of life and, uh, and negate the negatives. You know, even my relapses have been opportunities for me to change, look at myself differently. And why do I go into the food? What's going on emotionally? And usually I'm miles away from my higher power. When I am not spiritually fit, things go wrong. If I am spiritually in good condition, things are much easier to cope with. And I know so quickly if I'm not. The big book, 
doesn't make sense when I'm not spiritually connected. If I am, oh, it sings and dances and talks to me, and it's wonderful. Uh, so have I got a better life now? Oh, sure I have. I've got a life that is um, full of joy, full of opportunities, full of um, aspirations. Uh, next month I hit 70. Well, come on, bring it on. This is the next phase of my life. Um, and for my 70th birthday, I'm going to Australia to see my family who live out there. I'm terrified of flying, so God's coming with me. I'm going to sit on his lap all way. Uh, he's getting on that aircraft. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to have enjoyment, but I am also going to stay very connected to OA while I'm away. You know, there are meetings all over the world and I can get to my home group. So I won't be going very far from the fellowship. And that is what keeps me straight minded. And when I'm not happy, I will talk about it. I'm going to a very foodie house um, and I have to manage food on that flight. But I have worked it out with my sponsor. I think we've spoken for about in total about four hours to get things right. And I send texts every time I eat something, I send texts to her. And she, she gets them all in a one -er. Well, fair enough. Um, but it keeps me honest, it keeps me safe. And that's what I like around my food. I like my boundaries so that I'm, I'm, um, I'm safe. And that's why I weigh and measure. Every day I send her an eating plan and in the evening I send her a photograph of my evening meal because the connection between eyes and head, it's not good. And the committee in my head will tell me, oh, that's not enough, Phil, when it is patently enough. So I'm very, very, very careful about my abstinence I've been abstinent seven years and I broke it it's within time. Two, two weeks. Thank you very much. Two weeks of my first anniversary. And I was very grumpy to start with about it every year. Now, I think it was one of the greatest gifts I've ever been given in this fellowship because I cherish my abstinence. And that doesn't mean I'm not tempted. I am but I talk about it now. I don't keep it in. Isolation is my killer. So I'm going to say thank you very much. It has been an honor, a privilege, and a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you.